49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone game preview 49ers versus Cincinnati Bengals and this is going to be a fun one we're going to go through key matchups we're going to get into bold predictions and then I'm going to make a game prediction on who I think is going to win this football game Uh, but this is going to have a lot of intrigue and a lot of interest the 49ers coming off of course two straight losses to the Cleveland Browns and then the Minnesota Vikings and they don't really want to make this a third straight. But with question marks at the quarterback position, will Brock Purdy be able to clear concussion protocol in time for this game is definitely up in the air. It's showing a little bit of promise with him out on the practice field. But Sam Darnold could get his first start of the season. And the San Francisco 49ers brought Sam Darnold here for a reason. Kyle Shanahan has all uh, the belief in the world that Sam Darnold can do exactly what the San Francisco 49ers want and be able to bridge the gap, uh, play successful football until Brock Purdy can get back on the field. Now, it could be Brock Purdy in this game, and we're just not going to know. But I think knowing how defenses attacked the San Francisco 49ers recently over the last two weeks is going to play into this conversation. And plus, just what the 49ers are going to have to do to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. There's not a lot of weaknesses when it comes to this Bengals defense. They're pretty good. And on offense, they have some of the best weapons in the NFL, from quarterback Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, uh, two wide receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. There's a lot of ability there. Of course, they have question marks and weaknesses at several positions, just like the 49ers do. And their only wins this season have come against NFC West foes. They beat the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. They're 3-3. Three and three. Uh, So besides the NFC West, the Cincinnati Bengals haven't had much success this season. Will they have success? Will Zach Taylor and this Cincinnati Bengals offense be able to move the ball against Steve Wilkes' defense? That has struggled a little bit over the last two weeks. Still not really a lot. Uh, They only give up 15.6 points per game. And the Bengals for 16.8 points per game. When you start going through the numbers, which I did in my episode of uh, tail of the tape, you get a clear picture on how each one of these teams win as far as numbers. I'm going to address some of that in this episode. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're here. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on audio platform, 40 yards cutback on Believe, please give me a five star rating. And if you just want extra content, head over to Patreon. Go through all the film breakdowns of every single game, every single play broke down over on Patreon. Plus, Two shows, standalone shows over there, the Ant Hill Show and the Ant Ant Classic Show are available right now. Go watch those. Uh, go watch the film breakdown, sign up for Patreon, and join the 49ers Cutback movement over on Patreon. The last of the major sports leagues kick off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With Major League Baseball postseason, NFL, and college football and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today and get in on the action. Don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V in all caps, 
to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I want to start on the offensive side of the football. And that could be a little bit difficult whenever there's question marks about the quarterback because, let's be honest, the NFL is a quarterback-driven league, and the quarterback dictates a lot about how a offense operates. That's why it's always a little interesting when people talk about system quarterbacks because guess what? All these quarterbacks are drafted to fit within the system in which they're expected to play. Their skill set has to be magnified by the offensive coordinator and the skill players around them. But mentally, they have to be able to make the proper reads, the right adjustments, recognize which coverages they're going against, and then make the proper plays. It's not easy to play quarterback in the NFL. When it comes to the 49ers quarterback situation, it's no different. We've seen different levels of success by different quarterbacks with different skill sets. DJ Beathard, Nick Mullins had up and down success. Jimmy Garoppolo had pretty good success. But we all felt there was still something missing here and there from Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of that pertaining to health. Now Brock Purdy's come along and he's opened the door to an enlightenment. We see what this 40 yards offense can be, scoring over 30 points a game, being able to get the ball in his playmaker's hands and operate an offense with efficiency. Somebody that has an elite trait of mental and cognitive advantage over everybody they go against. That is what, so far, Brock Purdy was doing to the first five games. Over the last two weeks, it's been a little bit of a struggle. And why did that struggle come? Well, the Cleveland Browns decided they were going to put all the emphasis on Brock Purdy. Hey, Brock, you're going to have to beat us. We are going to absolutely load the box and make you beat us. We're going to limit the effectiveness of Christian McCaffrey. We're going to limit the effectiveness of your run game. Now, of course, that's a lot easier to do without Debo Samuel on the field. When Debo is in there, he takes a lot of that pressure off. He's a blitz beater. You can get him the football in space. He can be dynamic. Him and Christian McCaffrey are interchangeable, which means when you get matchups for either one of them on a linebacker, you win. Warriors run more 21 personnel. That's two running backs and one tight end than any team in the league. The reason they do that is the matchups that they get from it. They get tremendous matchups between linebackers having to guard either Debo, Deuce, or Christian McCaffrey in open field and open space. In those regards, those three guys are going to win more times than they don't. Of course, every once in a while, the defense will make a great play against them and stop them. You could savor the flavor because it's probably not going to happen again. But what you see is what you get with the San Francisco 49ers. When they're in those personnel groupings, it's player on player. It's matchup on matchup. And Kyle has been one of the best this year about being able to get the matchup he wants and then move people around to get the look that he wants to make it a little bit easier for his quarterback. Well, now it could be a little bit more difficult. We're seeing teams come up, put six guys in the line of scrimmage, put eight guys in the box, and put pressure on the 49ers. In come the Cincinnati Bengals. They don't exactly have the best run defense. Give up over 140 yards per game on the ground. The 49ers almost average 140 yards on the ground, and two weeks ago, it was near 160 yards on the ground. They've been somewhat slowed down. So the method rings true. You see one team to it. This is a copycat league. You're going to find a way to do it as well. And it's not like the Cincinnati Bengals struggle with guys along the defensive line. They're really good up front. They have guys that can make plays in the interior defensive line. They have edge defenders that can make plays. You're talking Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, and Trey Hendrickson. And of course, Trey Hendrickson is an absolute savage. But Reader and Hill on the inside, 
are great as well. But they're giving up a lot of yards on the ground, which makes you think linebacker play. So 21 personnel is going to be on display for the San Francisco 49ers. Get Kyle Juszczyk out there. Let him and George Kittle block for Christian McCaffrey and create run lanes. But with the Cincinnati Bengals probably going to six-man fronts, uh, bringing extra guys into the box, the 49ers are going to have to find ways to be creative with the run game. This isn't one of those games where you play the Los Angeles Rams and you can say, hey, we run it 40 times, we win. There might not be an opportunity to actually run it 40 times. But what you have to be is dedicated to the run anyways. So the 49ers run game versus the Cincinnati Bengals defense is my key matchup in this game. With the Bengals allowing 143 yards on the ground and the 49ers being able to get 136 per game, you think the 49ers would be able to establish an effective run game. If the Bengals absolutely sell out to stop it, bring six guys to the line, eight guys in the box, the way that Minnesota Vikings did, the way that the Cleveland Browns did, the 49ers have to be willing to take shots in the, in the passing game. They have to be willing to get the ball to their playmakers and make plays. It would have been a lot easier with Debo. You don't have him. You have George Kittle. We found this with some creative ways in Minnesota to get him the football. You have Brandon Ayuk. You found ways to get him the football. Jawan Jennings, he got the ball. Might be time to get Ray Ray McLeod involved. And when you do that, a lot of times that means you're if you're in 21 personnel, you're taking Jawan Jennings off the field. It's a tough pill to swallow because he's your best blocker. But Ray Ray McLeod gives you some advantages in coverage. And I think that's what you're looking for. You're looking to get Ray Ray McLeod matched up in a good situation. But most of the time when you see Ray Ray on the field, that means it's 11 personnel and you're pulling one of their linebackers off the field and replacing it with a nickel. So I think it's going to be a mixture of both. If you see them being hyper-aggressive, putting six guys on the line and loading the box against 21 personnel, the 49ers might have to get creative with their personnel looks. Go with 11 personnel. Uh, go with... Uh, 12 personnel, which means one running back, two tight ends, or maybe you go with 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends sometimes. Uh, maybe you go with a 30 personnel uh, with three running backs on the field. I think you could do some interesting things here, but it's all about finding the matchups you need. The 49ers weren't able to get to that C gap that they always take advantage of. They were unable to get movement with the defensive ends, which actually was outside linebackers from Minnesota Vikings which is not the norm. Normally, the 49ers do it. I think you're going to see the 49ers go back to their run game of pin and pull. Go back to the run game of gap scheme. Go ahead and take advantage of getting some of the outside zone plays, creative plays, where they get you looking one way in an outside zone and then throw it back the other way like you saw with Christian McCaffrey catching the touchdown pass. That's what it's about this week. Creative run game and establishing a run game against the Cincinnati Bengals. You need to be able to run the football and take the pressure off the quarterback, especially if that quarterback is Sam Darnold. I'm not saying Sam Darnold can't do it. He's got the ability. He's got the arm, got the intelligence. He always did. He is. There's a reason he was drafted number three overall, and he's more athletic than you think. He's got the ability to escape. He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. He can throw it probably the furthest of any of the 49ers quarterbacks and get it downfield. But by establishing a run game, you can take pressure off. I will say this. I would call for the 49ers if they came up to the line of scrimmage and Darnold's under center and, this, and the Cincinnati Bengals come up with six guys to the line, eight guys in the box, I'm checking. I'm play action. I'm, going, I'm, I'm taking a shot 
finding that mismatch, whether it's George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk deep down the field. Make them fear. But Kyle Shanahan said this week in his interviews uh, that you have to make sure when they are running six-man fronts like that, that you loosen them up with the passing game. Teams right now are being bullish. They're not even loosening up when you're hitting them with the passing game. They're expecting you to make a mistake. Right now, the 49ers haven't proven that they can consistently win every single time over the last two weeks. Starts getting to what they were doing against the Cardinals, against the Cowboys, and they're scoring nothing but touchdowns and executing in the passing game. These defenses will relax. That will open up opportunities for the run game. So when I say the 49ers run game versus Cincinnati, if the 49ers run game is not allowed because of what is happening up front with six guys on the line and eight guys in the box, then it's going to flip to the passing game, and they're going to have to execute. And then when the run game is able to get going again, you do it. Sometimes you can be bullish and run against those fronts. But average-wise, when you're going against NFL players, it doesn't average out to being a good idea. So that's what you have to be doing that. And you have to defeat these six-man fronts and eight-man boxes. They have to be defeated, and that's how you're going to do it. If they come in those, you're going to have to pass, and you're just going to have to win in those situations. How do you do it? Use 21 personnel. Get those linebackers on the field. Make them cover Kyle Juszczyk, Christian McCaffrey in space. Make those matchups the emphasis of this game. And it's nothing against the Bengals, uh, you know, as far as linebacker play, but you're telling me Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Akeem Davis Gaither are the guys that we're supposed to worry about? I'm feeling confident about it. Yeah, this isn't a Wosu Karamoa. This isn't Jordan Hicks. Uh, these guys are definitely players that... Christian McCaffrey has an advantage against, and I think Kyle Juszczyk does as well. So I kind of like those matchups for the 49ers. And I also want to see what happens when the 49ers put them in 11 personnel. Will that create some opportunities uh, to maybe get some edge plays uh, because now they have to bring in their nickel corner to play inside the box? I like their corners overall. I think they're pretty good. You know, I mean, Cam Taylor Britt was a guy that I really liked. You know, DJ Turner as well. Uh, so those guys are going to have to come in and battle. But I think you have the opportunity to get some plays in the running game if you go to 11 personnel. Let Jawan Jennings block. But I think it also spreads things out sometimes where you can throw. I would definitely see what they do first against 21 personnel. That's been your bread and butter, and you can take advantage of things there. Plus, I just want the 49ers to go back to what they were doing at the beginning. Go back to 49ers football. So that's a key. 49ers run game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And if Cincinnati lights it up and comes up and wants to take it away, uh, then it flips the script, right? Because now that running game is setting the tone for that passing game. And you have to go ahead and flip the script and let Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy throw. And I think they can do it in a high level. I'm not really worried about them being able to take advantage. They'll be very defined reads. And hopefully the results will coincide with those reads. Well, let's go to the defense, and let's talk about the key matchup over on the defensive side of the ball. And I really think this week the 49ers need to get back to playing 49ers football. And what do I mean? Well, they had a very distinct uh, way that they played in the first five weeks. Uh, they were playing off receivers. They were tackling underneath, rallying. They were making offensive uh, players uh, be willing to catch the ball underneath, and they made quarterbacks be very definite with their decision-making have to get rid of the ball quickly, have to throw it out there, and hope my players can make plays. What they did was they started making teams be uh, perfect with their reads. Uh, you saw it early in, on in the season. They weren't able to do it. Pittsburgh couldn't do it. Then they played the Rams, and Matthew Stafford could do it, but he couldn't do it for a whole game. 
And they just kept going through this. Joshua Dobbs couldn't do it. Uh, you know, and you just saw players and teams that weren't able to pull it off where they were excellent every single play. Eventually, they made a mistake. The 49ers did that at a high level. They didn't have to manufacture pressure with blitz a lot. They did it occasionally. But really, the, the front four didn't mean anything. They just put pressure when they needed to because the quarterback had to get rid of the football so quickly, and the 49ers' soft coverage made it so they couldn't get anything down the field. Limit explosives, tackle underneath. But also, the 49ers stopped the run with seven. And I think that was very important. Early on in the season, the 49ers were one of the best rush defenses, and they still are. They give up under 80 yards per game on the ground. But being able to stop with seven allowed them to keep two high safety looks. It allowed them to play coverage on the back end. It allowed the cornerbacks to attack when people would drive and still have safety help. So, hey, receiver breaks, you drive on the football, you make the tackle. Arvarius Ward, Yamro Lenore, they're good at it. So I think the 49ers, what they did against Cleveland was they sat back in two deep safety looks, which is fine. Uh, but when Cleveland decided to run, Cleveland was good enough to run against the 49ers front seven. The 49ers weren't aggressive enough to bring an eighth guy in the box. Well, flip the script to Minnesota. The 49ers didn't want to run the risk of a run game getting going against seven. So they put eight in the box almost the entire game. You go watch my breakdown on Patreon, you can see it. Almost every single play, I say there's eight in the box, single high safety. Occasionally, they would adjust out of it. They would show two high safety. Uh, but I would say probably 80% of the time, they had eight guys in the box. So they were taking away Minnesota's run game. And in the second half, they did that. And they limited Minnesota to six points in the second half. But they allowed some big plays down the field in the passing game. It's all about limiting explosives. Warriors didn't limit explosives against Cleveland, didn't limit explosives against Minnesota. I think that's the difference for the 49ers defense. Samari Cooper for the Cleveland Vikings, or I'm sorry, for the Cleveland Browns, put two together there. For the Minnesota Vikings, it was Jordan Addison. So you have to be able to limit those, and I think the 49ers' plan will be to do that in this game. So what do you do? Go back to doing what you do well. Play your scheme. Do what you do in certain situations, and don't let... The offense dictate what you do, but you dictate what the offense does. I think the 49ers can do it. Also, the way that the, the Cincinnati Bengals play, they put a lot of teams uh, in their nickel set because they run 11 personnel. They want to have their big-time playmakers out there, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, and then they go with running back Joe Mixon, Irv Smith Jr. at tight end, and they spread you out. So that means Isaiah Oliver's on the field. As far as the running game, that's good for the 49ers. Isaiah Oliver does a good job setting the edge. He's a good tackler out in open space. So you don't really lose anything there. Where you could have a little bit of fear is who's playing against him in the slot. He's going against T. Higgins. I don't mind that matchup. That's big on big. Uh, you're fine with that. If it's Boyd, I think he can hold up. Where I get worried is if it's DeMar Chase. DeMar Chase is a legit number one corner or wide receiver. I worry about our corners at all three all three positions. Uh, Lenore, I, I worry about him a little bit. We've seen Jamar Chase take advantage of Ambry Thomas in 2021. So the 49ers are going to have to make sure they locate where Jamar Chase is going to be. But with the amount of weapons that Cincinnati has, it's not like you can bracket coverage Jamar. So they're going to get one-on-one -on -one situations. So the 49ers are going to have to do it a certain way. Number one, if you can stop their run game with Joe Mixon with just seven guys in the box with Isaiah Oliver helping in nickel situations and you can keep your safeties back for the most part, you can take the pressure off those explosive plays happening. Number two, 
If you can get pressure on Joe Burrow with just four, even though they've added players to the offensive line and the offensive line hasn't been as bad as it was before, uh, you still have opportunities. So they have Orlando Brown at left tackle. They have, you know, uh, Jonah Williams at right tackle. And then on the inside, they have some pretty good guys. Cordell Volson at left guard, Ted Karras at center, and Alex Kappa at right guard. It's not a bad group. But they haven't been doing such a great job throughout the entire year. So getting pressure with four, being able to stop the run with seven guys in the box is going to be pivotal for the 49ers in this game. And the 49ers only give up 79 yards per game on the ground. And the Bengals haven't been very good on the ground either. Well, this is your opportunity to make them one-dimensional, put all the pressure on Joe Burrow in that passing game, and then be able to play off. You can get pressure with four. That's great. Now, one of the things offenses have been doing to the San Francisco 49ers over the last two weeks is mask protecting, bringing extra guys in, running backs, tight ends, uh, and having them help block this 49ers pass rush. Max protect, and then have open receivers in the back end with time. Well, one thing you could do, this would be a little bit more on course of what the 49ers have done in the past with D'Amico Ryans and others, is go ahead and you can bring your four and come after them and just drop seven and just make sure you always have guys back there. On third and long, bring in an extra guy. Go dime. You know, rush three. Change it up and, and do something with dropping eight. I think those are situations that the 49ers haven't done this season that they still could. Do I think that they need to manufacture pressure in this game? I hope not. Because when you do, that'll give Joe Burrow and this team an opportunity to take advantage of you in the screen game. Because that's something Jamar Chase is good. You get him the ball in space, he can create. He's got wiggle to him, and he can make people miss in the open field. So limit the run. with Be able to stop it with seven guys in the box. Get pressure with four. That probably means playing Randy Gregory a lot more on obvious pass downs. Now, Cleveland Farrell is your best uh, edge defender opposite of Bosa against the run, but Randy Gregory is your best against the pass as far as pass rush. So figuring out a way there is important for sure. And I think that is the keys in this game as far as offense and defense. Now let's talk about some other keys that always are a big part of the game, and that's third down success. 49ers were unable to get the Vikings off the field last week Vikings 8 of 13, very successful, and they came into the game at under 40%. They were at like 36% on the season. Then they come out and absolutely handle the 49ers defense on third down. Very effective. Well, here comes the Cincinnati Bengals, whose offense is similar. Under 35%, 33.3% on third down efficiency. 49ers defense has to get off the field this week. The 49ers are giving up third down conversions at 40.9%, nearly 41%. That's too high. They need that under 30, under 40 for sure. You'd like it under 35 if you're going to be an elite defense. So the 49ers, a bad play on third down is what's having drives be extended and giving these offenses opportunities to walk away with points. So the 49ers need to get more stops and force more punts. That's going to be a pivotal part of this football game. For the 49ers, they are pretty good on third down. They were good against the Vikings. They were 5 of 8, and they've been good pretty much all season, minus the Cleveland Browns, where they were 3 of 12. That was their worst game of the year on third down. Uh, But their uh, 45.3% is really good. Uh, The closer you get to 50 on offense is really good. 
And if they can get even closer, that it will be great. As far as the Bengals defense, they're almost identical to the 49ers. They give up third down conversions at about 41%. So the 49ers should be able to reach their season value here uh, and season percentage at 45% with how the Bengals play on third down and just how effective the 49ers are on third down. They also need to win the time of possession. So they've lost the time of possession in two straight weeks to the Cleveland Browns and to the Minnesota Vikings. If they win the time of possession, that limits the opportunities for the opposing offense, but also it gives your defense time to rest. When the 49ers have had their big-time victories, it's when the defense hasn't been on the field very much. When Nick Bosa's playing close to 40 snaps. Whenever it gets closer to the 49ers star players playing into the 60s, uh, they have an opportunity to lose those games, as far as that's what the numbers say. So the 49ers need to make sure they handle the time of possession. That means establishing a run game. Part of the problem is these teams are coming in and trying to take away the 49ers' run. So the 49ers have to be very diligent on making sure uh, they slow their process down. And then also, when they make these pass plays, uh, that they take advantage of what's there. Complete passes and just keep long drives going. Long drives are important for the 49ers in the next several weeks. And then limit turnovers. Both of these teams are good at creating turnovers. Both of them are good at protecting uh, the football, so they need to make sure. But over the last two weeks, the 49ers have turned the ball over four times. So they got to make sure that doesn't happen. Their differential was getting close to double digits. Now they're back down to six. Angles are at five, so these teams are very even. They take care of the ball. They get takeaways. Good differentials for both. Those are always categories to win football games, and that's what the 49ers need to do in this matchup is they need to make sure they take care of the football. No unforced errors. They give extra opportunities to Joe Burrow in this offense. And now it's time for my wow, that's bold prediction. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Wow, it's really bold. Whoa. So we're into the wow, that's bold predictions for this week. And, you know, I, I went back and I really watched a lot of the Cincinnati Bengals film. And I think the 49ers are going to have to do some different things on offense as far as getting other players involved. And I think there's a couple of guys that are going to be looking to have an extended role in this football game. So as much as I think the 49ers are going to run 21 personnel, and that'll benefit one of the guys I'm going to talk about, I think there's going to be some 11 personnel opportunities where they spread the Bengals out a little bit, and it's going to give him opportunities in the screen game. So I think Ray Ray McLeod's going to have a touchdown in this game. I think it, there's going to be an opportunity for him to get the ball in space, and he's going to make the best of it, and I think he's going to walk away with the touchdown. I think they need that from him right now. Uh, the only explosive plays they're getting as far as touchdowns is from Christian McCaffrey. They've had some explosive plays from Kittle or Brandon Ayuk, but no explosive touchdowns for them. I think Ray-Ray McLeod, we've seen it last year. He had the potential to do it. I think he gets it in this game, especially when the 49ers looking to diversify the run game with the way the teams are playing them with six defensive linemen and eight guys in the box. Getting extended run plays and getting the ball out to your playmakers in space is going to be key. And I think Ray-Ray McLeod benefits from that in this game. And then also Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell is going to get some carries. I won't be surprised to see Mitchell and Jordan Mason get carries uh, with Christian McCaffrey in this game. I think if the Cincinnati Bengals aren't willing to stick with eight men in the box or six guys in the line of scrimmage, the 49ers will try to run the football. And I think Elijah Mitchell is also going to have some opportunities 
coming in in when he's uh, lining up with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. They're using him kind of in a little bit of the Debo role where you have the dual running backs back there. You can motion McCaffrey out. Uh, potentially that could open up some lanes for Elijah Mitchell to run the ball or even catch the ball, which we know he has the capabilities to do. So my offensive, wow, that's bold. Mitchell gets his first touchdown of the year. Raven McLeod gets a touchdown in this game as well. Over on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Fournier's are going to hold the Bengals under 40% on third down. I think they're going to go back to playing 49ers defense. I think they're going to do a really good job of rallying tackle underneath. Uh, Burrow has shown that he will throw the ball underneath pretty consistently. And if you make solid tackles underneath, then it sometimes can force third downs and they're not always great on those situations. So yes, he has dynamic weapons. Yes, they have the ability to absolutely light it up. But I think lack of run game is going to put them in some off schedule situations uh, where they are sitting back and having to throw to convert on third and seven, third and eight. And I think the 49ers are going to win more of those than they're going to lose this week. And I think they hold them under 40% on third down, which if you look at the numbers, they're 33.3% on third down. So it's not a huge stretch, uh, but for the 49ers, they've struggled on third down against the Vikings, against the, the Bengals, or sorry, against the Browns, they didn't, but against the Vikings, they did. And I also think they're going to hold Joe Mixon under 50 yards rushing. I think the defense is going to respond and they're going to make sure that they do a good job of holding Joe Mixon down and just not allowing him to get going. I think running out of 11 personnel works uh, against a lot of teams. But I think with the 49ers, big nickel of Isaiah Oliver and the ability of Tashawn Gibson and Talanoa Fonga to help in run fits, uh, Dre Greenlaw and Fred running around, I think the 49ers will do a good job of limiting Joe Mixon to 50 yards or under rushing the football this week. And now it's time for my score prediction. And this one's tough because we don't know exactly what we're going to get at quarterback. You know, and I had to take that into account. Also, you know, just knowing uh, that the Bengals are going to load up the box and because they're going to put extra guys there, we don't know what's going to happen with the running game. I think this could be one of those slug them out games where the 49ers have to kind of fight for everything. Now it could be wrong. Um, and the foreigners could blow them out, and I would love that. But I think this is going to be a tight game. I've seen these guys play tight game in 2021. I think this is going to be no different. Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense is no joke. They have the weapons, and I think it's going to be tight. But I do believe, no matter if Sam Darnold's a quarterback or Brock Purdy's a quarterback, that the 49ers are going to escape with the win. And I think they're going to head into the bye 6-2, and two, which I think everyone would be excited about it. But a lot of it's going to be because of the 49ers defense in this matchup. But I got the San Francisco 49ers defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 24-17, to a seven-point victory at home. And I do think it's going to be a close matchup back and forth. And I think just in the end, the 49ers are have, you know, have the football with a couple minutes left, and they're able to get a couple first downs in this game and not allow Joe Burrow an opportunity. Uh, so it's it's going to be a fun, a fun game this week. Of course, the last one before the 49ers go into a bye. Let me know your score predictions. Let me know what you think is going to happen. Do you think it's going to be, you know, if Brock Purdy's playing, they win. But if he's not, they lose. Uh, of course, you know, as of right now, at the time of recording, I don't know if Brock Purdy's going to play. Maybe by the time you're watching this, you know. Uh, but let me know in the comment section what you think about this game. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Audio platform, 40 yards cut back on Believe. Thank you guys so much. You truly are the best. Extra content available over on Patreon. And just like always, you can catch me and Mark Adams over on the PSF app. Uh, we'll be live during the game talking 49ers Cincinnati. You can come over to the 49ers chat room over on the PSF app. 
and you can talk with us. You can chat with us right on there. So if you want a different game day experience, come check us out over on the PSF app. And then, like always, plenty of content available over on Patreon, uh, just like the Ant Hill Show. And that happens usually days after the game. So if you want to get a little extra content, um, head on over to Patreon, and, and you can listen to the Ant Hill Show this week. It'll be coming out on a Monday, so come through for that. And, of course, every single film breakdown of every game and every play, it's still going to be coming out. Uh, so come through and, and check out all that. But I really appreciate you know all of you that have come through uh, I checked out the channel recently. You guys are the best, and I'm looking forward to even more content. This episode of 49 Yards Cutback was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. But I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers.